Welcome back to Midnight Movie Marauders. This is episode five. My name yep. is George Dahl. I'm Cameron Devan. We're here today to talk to you about a movie that we just found out got nominated for Best Picture. For real? Yeah. It was uh, one of the nine, eight. How many nominations? Nine? Oh, I have no idea. I've, I've seen about half of the movies. Um, but uh, Arrival, this was, I don't hesitate to say this is my favorite movie of the year. Yeah, so I loved far. it. I love the movie. Yeah, I, I, although I haven't seen Moonlight or uh, neither Manchester by the Sea, Manchester by the Man. Sea, La La Land. I haven't seen any of those. But then again, Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> I, I you can look at the trailer and know, and after seeing Arrival, and be like, Arrival was better. You can look at a trailer sometimes. It's better than La La Land. I liked La La Land fine, but it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. Um, um, oh yeah, by the way, y'all, if you haven't seen this film, do not listen to this we're because. Gonna spoil it. Because we're going to spoil it. And if you haven't seen this film, you need to back out immediately. Because if, if someone would have told me the ending before I would have yeah. seen the film, I would have been upset. Now, I'll tell you, too. I think the biggest fault for why no one went to see this was the marketing campaign. Um, oh, yeah. Very uh, generic. Generic, yeah. Initially, I saw the poster and I was like, okay. Another big, you know, um, uh a Roland Emmerich type, a big alien ship comes and lands. Yeah. And, was, and It just didn't seem interesting to me until I saw how great the reviews were and I went and saw it. Well, I mean, the poster looked... Yeah, I, I remember going to see... Um, I think we were going to see Fences, me and my... Oh, was that good? Or no, 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 no. Yeah, I think it was Fences. Yeah, Fences was dope. Fences was good. Denzel Washington, he's, he's, he's amazing. But we, I, saw, I was going to see Fences and I saw the poster for Arrival and I looked at it and I was like... That looks super generic. It looks like Passengers. Something. It looks yeah. like it looks like something I'm not going to see. Like Until, and then, but I kind of disagree with you in a sense because I saw the trailer, and when I saw the half spherical spaceship just floating, maybe what five, ten feet above the ground, yeah. and various parts of the Earth, I was like, ooh. I, was say, I actually don't think I watched the trailer. You didn't watch I the didn't trailer. Watch the trailer. And actually, I was really happy that I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know what the aliens yeah. look like. I didn't know anything yeah. going in, which I think is the best way to see this movie because mm -hmm. um, I think this movie is a great exercise in suspense not in the way to where you're like oh, are they going to escape but where you're yeah. like I am really anticipating what's happening what I had no idea happen this movie yeah and um, I think what it does best <laughs> it, it, it kind of is also an exercise I'm just stealing your words and letting down fans I think at the end Realize, and at the end, you find out that the aliens have came to help humanity. Yeah. When does that happen in, in cinema? When do you see an alien invasion film where aliens... Oh, no, no, Close no, no. we're here to help you. Close Encounters, the third kind. Okay. I guess it, this this only happens when yeah. the movie's super good and super... It, it reminded me it a lot. It rarely happens. It reminded me a lot of Close Encounters. I, I've never really seen that movie oh, all okay. the way through. That's a good one. That's a great yeah. one. Yeah. Um, yeah, it reminded me a lot of Close Encounters. I loved the ending. It was very uh, reminded me of like a um, rendezvous with Rama, Arthur Asimov? C. Arthur C. Clarke, oh, Isaac Asimov. Asimov. Yeah, and a book like I just read this book last year. I can't remember what the hell the name of it is. Uh, oh, Childhood's End. What's that? Childhood's End is, is a similar. It's by Arthur C. Clarke. Okay. And it's about alien spaceships come and land on Earth, and everyone's like, "What the hell is going, going on, on here?" Um, they pick. Only a few people from Earth in high positions of government to talk to, and they bring them up, and they stand behind a glass wall, and you can't see them. This has a lot to do with the movie, and yeah. uh, they end up giving them secrets to you know what's going to happen to Earth. They say this is how you're going to survive. You need to help yeah. us do this, yeah, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So it's pretty similar. 
Uh, I know sci-fi did a – and the weird thing about it is the aliens look like Satan. They look like devils. Are you talking about in Arrival? No, with Childhood's End. Oh, okay. Clark look. They, look, they look like devils. Wow. Yeah, they do. And they say this is why we, we can't let you see us because we know your myth and your lore on planet Earth. And if everybody sees us, they won't trust us. So we need to hide because our appearance is so frightful. That's intriguing. And, and basically the idea was that we came earlier in human history and our the idea of our image was embedded in human consciousness mm. and manifest itself in such a way. Mm. Kind of the – what's – What's that uh, from Star Trek oh, where you can't expose a civilization to, to it? Oh, the Prime Directive. Prime Directive. Yeah, you can't, like the prime you can't directive. intervene in a, in a civilization that's yeah. up this yeah, mm-hmm. coming. Yeah. Um, I guess before we go on to go and go super ham on all the things we love, what are just some things to get them out the way that you weren't with for? Like, Boy, what, I what, what, is there anything? Something that you weren't with, where you're like, meh. Man, you know, I wish I could see the movie a second time. Yeah. The first time I came out, I just absolutely loved yeah. it. And I've loved pretty much every De- Dennis, uh, I think it's Denis Villeneuve. Is yeah. that how you pronounce it? It looks like yeah, Dennis Villeneuve. Up. Yeah, he has a, he has, he's kind of been, had a successful, he's yet quiet great. career. Yeah, he's, he reminds me a little bit of uh, Jeff Nichols in that way. Jeff Nichols is the guy who did Mud, Midnight Special. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen either He's of the man. Yet. Jeff Nichols is great. Um, but Denis Villeneuve, he did Prisoners with Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I've seen that. That, that was, was great. great. Sicario. Yep, like, that was last great. year, I believe, which was fantastic. Yeah. He just recently started doing blockbusters. I mean, he's the he is fantastic. He's he's can do no wrong, and he's doing the Sicario Blade. was amazing. Yeah, he's yeah and the Blade, Blade Runner, Runner yeah. sequel is him, and, and it's it, in the great. future, isn't it? Like twenty, it's I guess twenty, 20 years more years yeah. in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it looks fantastic, and it's he's got on a roll. Ryan Gosling in it, who is in everything, and Harrison Ford, who's also reprising every role he's ever done. Yeah, like, relax, yeah. chill, bro. He's just, you know. he's just on this legacy tour. It's time to hang it's that up. The, the final tour, all his greatest hits. Coming it's, back. Time, it's time for Harrison Ford to, 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 to call it a day, you uh, know, don't go say back it. to molding don't or say whatever, it. whatever he was doing. But, anyways, um, Denny Villeneuve kicking ass. This movie kicks yeah, ass. But nothing. Nothing that you can uh, be Please, like, maybe you can jog my memory or convince me. I, I, I had a really positive reaction to this movie. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's one of my favorite. Um, with, without reservations, I can say it's my favorite of the year because I had an emotional response to it. A lot of times you walk out of a movie that's supposed to be really good and you say, and oh, that was you're great. Kind of confused oh, everybody's giving it good reviews. I liked it too. You yeah. know? But this one, I had, a, I had a. This and Rogue One were the only movies that I had like a real physical reaction to i was like wow yeah um yeah i'm, I'm trying to think maybe i'll put in a sound by that when, when we're done but i can't think of anything i like or didn't like no, either okay maybe there's something there and we just have to rewatch it but sure yo this movie was great i think what i loved just because i'm we're just skipping to things we like now because the dislike is uh is uh is not there but anyways right. i really loved how the language that the aliens spoke, right, is spherical or in a circle, right? Yeah. And that's the language that the humans in- inevitably begin to use, right, yeah. towards the end. But also, the film, the way it's shot is nonlinear. Yes. It's almost as if it's like a perfect uh, overlap of content and filmmaking, approach to filmmaking. Yeah. Like, they both overlap one another. And right. I really like that because you see – the flashbacks or the future, and you're kind of confused almost a little bit, even when you understand everything. Yeah, like what's happening. I was confused. Yeah, and until the end, and I was like, "Oh, I see what you did." Remember, remember when uh, when she was holding on to her 
future husband. Yes. And she was like, wow, I've missed you so much. I thought it was her ex-husband. Well, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah. I thought he, well, he, he died, say, right? Who, oh, who, Jimmy Renner? Yeah. He, he's the one that died, right? No, no one died. No, his, her, no, her, 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 her daughter. Died. Her daughter and her husband died. Her husband left. Um, because he couldn't confront. This is something I think that's most interesting about this movie. Well, is that, why was he in the hospital bed then? Who was that? I think that was their daughter. That wasn't him. Oh, I got, yeah, I got yeah, that yeah, mixed yeah. up. So that's what I really enjoyed. Oh, I got a, I got a match on Tinder. Hey, congrats, man. Let's, let's check it out. Nah. Let's rate him on air. I don't know, bro. If it's one of those fake ones, I'm going to be kind of embarrassed. That's true. A fake <laughs> 25 one. student as a student. Because <laughs> um, no, that was one of the greatest things I really liked about it. And I had heard. Uh, so let's go through the movie. Yeah. Beat by beat and yeah. talk about what we enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I thought the movie took an interesting approach to introducing the aliens because we don't see them for a long time. We see everything mm-hmm. through the eyes of Amy Adams' character who seems to at first not be particularly interested. So in a mm-hmm. Michael Bay movie or a Roland Emmerich movie, the alien would come and everyone would be like, oh my God. Everyone would be yeah, yeah, was Nobody the, really, if you think, nobody really screamed. No, we wouldn't. We'd have the None big, of the main characters screamed. We'd have the ensemble cast. Uh, we'd get Which out. was, okay, maybe that's, one, if I saw, if I was in an alien spaceship and I saw an alien like spout what? Octopus, whatever that was, that came out of yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not hand, ink, tentacle, yeah, ink. Tentacle. Yeah, yeah. I would have, I would have pissed my pants, bro. Yeah, that's why they said it earlier. They go, "You're the second person to come." The first guy passed out; he couldn't handle it. What you're going to see is so wild. Yeah, bizarre. and I guess that's they work with that where they do all the tests yeah. and say. Hey, I'm just talking about the initial first contact with the alien. Do you mean we, we, when they're not even in the space? Yeah, when oh. she's just living her normal life as a professor and she walks by and people are looking at the TV screen and she's just sort of like, you know, whatever, I don't necessarily care. And they yeah. turn in the class and she watches TV and we still don't really see it. Yeah. And she goes home and kind of goes about her business, turns on the TV, and then it's not till um, Forrest Whitaker visits her at, the, at her office that she's really pulled into the event. So, okay. so the movie okay. has a really understated way of presenting the situation. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a Roland Emmerich movie tour. It's like, hey, here's the family, and then all of it's been ripped apart by the giant 2012 catastrophe yeah, or the big yeah. spaceship, and everyone's Streets looking up, splitting apart, yeah, and it's coming, and everyone's going, oh, oh my god, god. <laughs> oh no, you know, what <laughs> are we gonna know. do? And they cut to the we cut to the president's office. What yeah. are we gonna do, Mr. President? It's First in China. Time. Oh my god, you know, I mean, yeah. none of that. You know, it was all from her point of view, and it was understated because was we've intimate. seen that before. We don't need to see it again. Yeah, the know? most intimate alien invasion movie totally. I've ever seen. Yeah. Super. But then again, you raise a good point, like the first contact with aliens watching the news. So when you are first seeing those snapshots or those glimpses or those yeah. future flashbacks of her daughter, is that just – is that a dramatic irony? Is she seeing that that's or her, just us? I think that's just – I think it's is that just probably us? her because she's experiencing so she's, time nonlinearly. So – oh, yeah, because she says, who's that girl? But, so the, but she's seeing the girl before she sees the well, aliens. I think the audience is confused because we're meant to think that – in the opening scene, we're seeing a past life of hers that she had a husband, her daughter died, now she's alone. Um, when so in fact, she's just alone, and at the end of the film, she marries the Jeremy, Ren- Jeremy Renner character and has the kid, but we, we saw that first. Okay, so it's kind of... Tricks you. So Arrival's almost a little, a play on cinematic conventionalities. In totally, sense. yes. It's like, you, totally. this is what you're supposed to think, but throw that all out the window. Yeah. I remember... I, I went to go see Doctor Strange, and Doctor it was all right. It was a good movie. It was, fine, yeah. it was fun, but 
there's a scene in which he's reading the textbooks and I forgot if someone else said it to him or he said it to himself, but basically or essentially throw out everything you've ever known yeah, right. and just start anew, start fresh. Throw yeah. everything that you've ever known about anything, just throw it out the window. Sure. And that's what I kind of felt in it, a little bit about this movie. They just, or that it just you're willing to go along and be tricked. Yeah, you or maybe that. The film. But then again, I've never seen nothing like that. I thought it was... Flashback, that is a future flashback. <laughs> right, that, yeah. Well... Who's done that? I, I mean, but... I hesitate to say that there's something similar to that. Because in, when, because this is both cinematic and within yeah. the character. Have you seen Minority Report, the Steven Spielberg movie with Tom Cruise? Okay, yeah. Remember, there's I've a similar it. situation with the, the kids and the false memories. Mm. But with that, it's not... The person... They're, they're psychics, right? And they right, know right. it. Yeah. They're aware. Mm-hmm. Our Amy Adams is kind of confused. She's like, who yeah. is that kid? Who is I don't think that – maybe that's a good question you bring up because I'm not sure if that was information that was given to us, uh, the audience. Yeah, or to or her. If, or if that or was, if I don't something. think – I can't think it was to her. It can't be because yeah, – No, it can't be. But um, – well, doesn't she say she, – she was experiencing premonitions throughout the movie. But she, she doesn't just, – She couldn't she, make sense of it. Yeah, but she doesn't yeah. say anything about it until right. she sees the aliens. And she couldn't make sense of what she was seeing yeah. until she it's revealed to her that she's experiencing time nonlinearly now. Yeah. By being exposed to the aliens' knowledge in their handwriting, which I thought was really fascinating, by understanding their language made her brain function differently. Yeah. And I've heard that when you know a different language, yeah. they said you, that in the film. You right? think yeah. differently. You know, they said in the movie. The film, yeah, yeah. And which I, is an interesting thought because it makes me want to learn. Like I, I saw the film, yeah. and I was like, "Damn, I want to learn another language." You know, I had a French teacher. You know, I think in English all day, and I had a French teacher in my high school, and I was like really concerned. I was like, "Mrs. Benson," I was like, "Do you think in English or French?" And she goes, "Kind of." switches around sometimes I think in French sometimes I think in English and I was like what a bizarre concept and remember yeah. in the film uh, they somebody asked her do you dream in English or something oh, like did that did they say that oh, they, oh. or do you do you, what a language do you dream in oh. it's brought up in the film yeah, I, I mean, subtly I that's but that's an interesting thought like what if you know like eight languages what language do you think in plus that there's different ways of you know they say that it, that by having different languages makes you think differently right so it, which is crazy because that just means by virtue of what language you have is a condition on how you reason and yeah. how you think and how yeah. you know linearly or how you structure arguments or what event. I mean, this is why. I suppose because when you learn a language, don't you have to take some somewhat of a cultural impact Sure. From I mean, it? like French is totally different. It doesn't, I mean, a lot of words are reversed or the conjugation is much different yeah. than how, you know, I mean, you couldn't translate it directly to English it wouldn't make any sense it'd be like you know I went I there I there go you know it yeah. just it wouldn't um it's in, it's fascinating but that's what I think is really great is this movie is it brings up conversations about language yeah and that's it really does. fascinating and I even deeper than that my roommate uh he's always talking about man we don't even need borders we should all just be one big union and I don't agree with that but yeah I think that's it's alluding to that idea that we should film. all just be human. Because it just you're frustrated. We should all just have one language. You're frustrated because you're thinking. Well, I mean, I think that's what the purpose of the United Nations was supposed to be, and it ended up failed, not working. But um, you can't have one. You can't have one language. No, because it's impossible. Yeah, it's too. Honestly, I never thought I'd say an alien invasion film would be too humanitarian, too you humanistic. Think, did you get? Were you annoyed? by And humanist. Pain. Okay, because yeah, there's that. There's portions which of the is film. like an over actually, but yeah, because there's portions of the movie where you're frustrated and you're like, why can't people just get along? You know, yes. China, Russia, don't blow up the alien ship. Just yeah. talk to each other. China's like, hey, twenty four hours or yeah, blowing this down. But you know what? I think that it 
it was fast. That's was really fascinating element of it to me. What? Because it was it was the fact that we have to is a race against a clock to just decode what these aliens are saying. Yeah, and it's not even like the aliens gave them a time limit. No. We just were like, we got it. We got Everybody's it, no. just Yeah, but because the, the, it's a, it's oh, a yeah, because pressure cooker of craziness. You know, China's going to shoot them and we don't know what they're going to do at that yeah. point. But um, I also really thought the design of the aliens was impressive. Yeah. They were really different. They looked omnipotent. They looked yeah. all powerful, all knowing. They looked like just big hands. And you often yeah. think of God as like a hand coming Bro, down from the clouds. They looked, know. yeah, they looked divine, but yet demonic. Yes, they looked. They had strange. this just strange mixture. Remember that scene where like, she was dreaming and she turned around. The alien was like, "Bro, I almost." <laughs> it was yeah. That was scary. Yeah. And then this. Oh my! The most beautiful shot in the entire film is when she's in their lair and the alien swims past her, and it's like a long shot, and the aliens literally you pan up, and you see how high they're tall. And he's looking down, and you have the rectangular, transparent yes. glass, yeah. and she's standing there looking up, and he's like. Like a, a, a huge building, and that yeah. was beautiful. And then they, I didn't think you would be able. They looked all. They just yeah. looked like they knew everything. After all the aliens we've seen in the history of cinema, I didn't think you could come up with a design that would inspire awe in that way. But they, was, when they first came out, I was like, wow! I made. I was kind of took yeah. my breath away from it. I got, I got shivers because I was like, what an incredible looking creature! But you know, like I, even watching. And the build-up, the build-up to getting into there, to seeing oh, the them, gravity was uh, unbelievable. That build-up to, all right, get on your suit, let's go. And they take those golf carts mm-hmm. out there. To, I was like, mm-hmm. I felt incredibly realistic. And, yeah, damn. Um, but then again, it... I you, felt like I was there. I, I want to see this movie again. I loved it so much. I want yeah. everyone to see it. It's so mm-hmm. good. I, I don't want to get... Because I want to get deep into thoughts I have about this. And maybe you can elaborate more on it. But I only have kind of a stepping stone to it but you see it's like the screen onto another uh depth of or a depth like this the screen that you're watching like the, you're in the theater watching the film and then the characters are behind another screen watching yeah. the aliens and the aliens are all watching us yeah and that's why i felt like the aliens were watching the uh the scientists and the linguists and then then they're watching us as well because sure. they're facing us. Every nearly every encounter with aliens, they're facing us. There, yeah. And it, that's why I think it just made me feel like so overwhelmed. And they just knew everything, and they're just all powerful. Yeah. And that's why but this movie's great. It was fantastic. And it, you so, know what else was really great about them too is they were mysterious because they never spoke English. They never did. Yeah. You know they they didn't. A lot of aliens. Yeah. You know, they would just they would be like, "We learned your Earth language, blah blah blah." You know, they would just yeah. throw away to like a little throwaway response, but that made them really mysterious. They they looked archaic, like they 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 were ancient. Oh, ancient. They looked like ancient underwater elephants or something. And we you know you equate elephants with being wise and majestic and yeah. lumbering and sort of yeah. powerful. And you know what though, um, a lot of movies are prided on that mysteriousness, right? Yeah. And I always think to myself with horror films, like, would you? Is it scarier to know or not to know? Like, not to, I think it's scarier not to know, but sometimes it's scarier to know. Because and if and, and if you're able to do that, then you're brilliant. Because I'm, I'm I'm still waiting for that alien film that to just that just would take the this the first film. one. Oh, the al- alien. I think you're talking about alien. Series. No, 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 not alien. No, but I'm just waiting for that alien invasion movie or alien species that you immerse yeah 
entirely in aliens and not really humans. I mean, humans oh, are there. Oh, I know you're talking like an entirely. Like, they were talking deep, about that. They were talking deep. about making an alien versus predator movie with no humans that would just be aliens and predators and not in English and have yeah, subtitles. But, but and you see how. It seems like a wacky idea, you know, but. They did that, but. No, they, they, yeah. they did the alien versus predator movie, but there were humans in it. They were going to completely excise the humans and have it just be aliens and predators, and that would be it, and no human beings. Well, you know, humans are vain. We, I mean, we're vain. We gotta, we gotta be in them. Yeah, we yeah, gotta yeah. be in there. Right, right. But no, what I mean is, yeah, that I'm talking about a knowledgeable alien film where you know, learn culture and learn yeah. language and learn. You're all, really immersed. Like, yeah, like a like a Lord of the Rings type thing where he just created all these cultures. Yeah, that was Star Wars. Language. Yeah, Star there's Wars. a Star Wars language. I suppose, um, but the humans are still at the forefront. Yeah. If they're, maybe, yeah, they're yeah. humans, yeah. But I don't know. I'm still, because I, I just, I was like, dang, I want to know more about them. Yes. But I think I think if you did. It would ruin it. It would ruin the mystique. Yeah. It, it would ruin, ruin it. it. Because it could never. Like, what are they could doing never, in that could just never, missed? It could never match your wildest dreams. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um you can only show. I guess so that's much. what I'm trying to get at. Like maybe I'm waiting for that filmmaker, creator, director, whoever, to make a film that couldn't like really articulate and describe something that we can't imagine. You know, I think maybe it's impossible. That right? would just be like Star I, Wars. I feel like you've it. got Star that, Wars and you it. can read like a Star a Star Trek fan fiction about a guy who wrote the Klingon Bible. But nobody yeah. wants that because it's too esoteric and bizarre. Yeah, and, you know, people want that mystery. I think that's what works for this movie, too. And the movie's not about the aliens. It's not. It's about people. It's you know what I think it's... What do you think it's... You walk in going and thinking it's about the aliens. But it's about yeah. the humans. It's about... Totally. It's, it's a about very, human relations. It's a very personal movie, even though it's on a grand scale like this. Yeah. With, you know, the fate of the Earth hanging in the balance. But when it's, it never was. What did you think is... What, what do you think is the purpose of the movie? What's, what's the... What is... What's it about? That's another thing. I don't know. Because the director, I don't know if he really wants some sort of, which would be utopian, where we all shared one single language and we all united and we're all interconnected. Yeah. Which can never happen. I don't think you'd want it to happen. If we all thought the same. Well, because I thought on the surface it seems like it's a very superficial movie about if only everyone on the globe could get together and work together, we could avoid disaster, right? If everyone could understand each other. Not on a language barrier level, but if we could really get into someone else's soul and see what they're really – essentially walk a mile in another man's shoes, yeah. right? Um, which is it w- which is easy to dismiss because it's such a lofty like you know, motivational poster type of a goal. Yeah. I don't think the movie is really about that. I think it's a little bit of an element. It adds suspense obviously, but I heard a really compelling argument that I hadn't considered that essentially – the idea of Amy Adams having foreknowledge about the death of her daughter. But she decides – she knows it's going to happen. So she, obviously I guess we could interpret that she could have prevented it from happening. She could have said, I'm mm-hmm. not going to marry I'll Jim Rayner. I'm not going to have kids. But she marries him and has the child anyway even though she knows it will die because essentially I think what the film is saying and what this – this was articulated uh, by a critic named Jeff Kanata from the Slash Filmcast. And the idea is that – we know life will end. Mm-hmm. We don't always think about it, mm-hmm. but we don't just kill ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we life is worth living, even though you're going to experience pain and loss. The idea is to keep going on. And Jeremy Renner's character, he left because he just couldn't handle that. He said to her, "You know, why would you bring this child into the world knowing it will die? Mm-hmm. This is too much for me to handle. I'm out." Yeah. 
But I think the goal of the film, the idea is that life is worth living because we all have foreknowledge in a sense. We all know we're going to die, but we yeah. deem it worth go- yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you think that's no, no, no. I think yeah. that's that's right, right on. Because I was talking to uh, a friend of mine about the movie, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, think about it's almost as if it could either be interpreted as if because you don't really know whether or not they have control or whether or not they just know who the aliens. No, no, no the humans. Right. You don't know. Like there, there could be. They could know everything that's going to happen and just be experiencing it, experiencing it as some sort of vessel or. Right. Uh, what's the word surrogate and if that's the case then that's kind of <laughs> scary yeah but then if if it's in your regard like you talk about they have choice mm-hmm. and they can change it then it's almost as if they it's like you could it's choose, like you still yeah. wouldn't you can choose to sacrifice finite joy in order to avoid misery but it's worth it to experience that joy even though yeah. It won't end. But like, think friend. about it. Think about it. If you know everything that's going to happen to you from uh, right now to the day you die, right. then wouldn't you know, uh, like, for instance, there's a fork on a road. Wouldn't you know uh, the end of your, your demise to the right of the road and the left? Like, even if you took a different road, you would then still know that the end of that road. There's I no, su- yeah, there's I no suppose, escape. Yeah, I suppose you trapped. Like a multiple destiny, like, sort of sense. Like, yeah. you can never have really a choice if you know. Right, which You're is just why, this vessel. and you couldn't live your life that way. You'd have to just say, "It's almost like a wisdom stop." Wisdom. It's like too much wisdom. Yeah, too much. It's like you wouldn't want it. Yeah, it would because it would just you'd be a prisoner of that. Yeah, you'd just be a, like a that's a circuit just living. You, in. you would have no free will essentially. Which I don't really believe in free will. Yeah, I don't know if I do either. Either. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Have you heard? I, well, actually, maybe I, I think I probably do. You really in um, free will? To a point. Obviously, yeah, like, I mean, obviously, if I were to have a derangement in my brain, I would, what type of derangement? So if I, if I had, like, what did they say? A lot of Jeffrey Dahmer had something wrong with his brain. Okay. He had, he was, he he had like low serotonin or he had like uh, a derangement or something wrong in his brain that made him want to kill people and put him in his refrigerator, right? So to some extent, he didn't really have free will because he was... Essentially defective, yeah. you know. From the you know, yeah, there's nothing he destined. could do. Yeah, he was destined to do. Th- I mean, he could. I uh, have tried to resist that urge, right? So but he the, couldn't. It's like yeah, a pedophile, yeah. right? Like a pedophile. Yeah, but you can't stop those thoughts coming into your brain. You can't stop. So I think Sam Harris's argument is essentially. Yeah, he's the one who persuaded yeah, me. It wasn't really because I'm not totally persuaded by his idea because. In a sense, you thoughts can arise in your brain, and you can't stop them from doing it. No. Things just appear in your mind, and you have no power over what appears in your brain. But I mean, I suppose you can decide on some level between banana or apple. Yeah. I suppose he would say that there's something in your genes that would determine that you would pick apple. Yeah, but I yeah, there's his whole argument is like choice is an illusion. Yeah, it's like every choice is predestined. The choice that you make in opposition to another choice is right. destiny. But it's still, you know what? So I guess he says we it's have still the, like a, it's we have like an a, illusion of free will because he says I, everything's come down comes down to luck. So I suppose I mean, but I had a choice today where I was looking at a Facebook comment that I was about to comment. I was fighting with someone on Facebook. Yeah, and I go, should I post this or not? And I decided not to. Okay. I suppose 
that my makeup and my mind, you know, has forced me to. Yeah, why there, didn't you post? In other situations, why I didn't have. you post? Why didn't I? I was like, why? Why? What was I the wanted post? just to avoid this fight. It was a political. Someone posting political things. And I just commented back. Well, I remember when you talked about or last podcast actually last week we talked about how you used to be really into religion and discussing that and arguing about it, and then you got to a certain point where it seemed useless. It seemed. It just I'm seemed just talking for argument to hear sake. myself talk and yeah, to, yeah for my own and so maybe yeah. You, Building blocks. You can. <laughs> I mean, I've changed. And Sam Harris would say, "Well, you've changed, and you know, you could never stop yourself from changing." And this is because. Yeah, it's well change, yeah. But you know what? I think the other thing too is that here's something where free will kicks in. I don't have a choice what what information I learn and how it affects my mind. That's free will. I don't. Maybe not. <laughs> that I sounds more like yeah. destiny. Right. 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 Like someone. I just say someone's just yelling facts at me, yeah. and I'm, I just can't help but hear this fact, yeah. and it changes the way I think. I suppose my brain was preconditioned to accept this fact and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I think the only uh, – It's a hard thing to argue against because it's, yeah, such, it's, so, it's at such a macro level. Yeah, you know, it's so that, huge. Yeah. It's, but I think the only way – the only reason why people – I guess two reasons. I mean, a couple reasons. I'm just – I'm not going to limit myself. But mm-hmm. one of the main reasons I think why pe- people choose to align themselves with free will – it's because, you know, Christian and religious notions, obviously, that. Right. And then the other is maybe the, the uh, a fear. Like, for instance, maybe they may, what if in Arrival, those aliens from Arrival came down to me. It's like, oh, you want to be a filmmaker? Nah, bro, you're going to work at Firestone. That's your destiny. Right. I'd be like, no, but I believe in free will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be heartbroken. Right. If I worked my entire life to be a filmmaker and then inevitably I ended up at Firestone. Damn. I think, I think it's fear, dog. Nobody wants yeah. to be. Nobody wants to think that they're destined to do something because what if what they want to do is not their destiny? Right, and that's scary. That's scary. It's also scary because it just imperils our, our the idea of a justice system. Yeah, and the way you, it's set up all over the world and here. Yeah. So it's easy to say we put that pedophile away because he chose to. Rape it's like kids. yeah, it's like saying oh, slavery or the Holocaust or that was destiny. Yeah, or it's scary to say things like that. Or, or, you know, or it's like, why did all these Nazis go along with this Holocaust? It's because they were all evil and they got to be taught a lesson, right? Or you could say they were under mass delusion and the madness of crowds and they were, you know, there's something in the human brain that wants yeah. to conform and follow rules, you know, and um, there's well, like a... Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, what do you, do you think that for the most horrible or the most de- uh, deplorable things that ever happened in humanity's history, there's better things to overwhelm them? Like, do things always be, are always overwhelmed? Like, you know, we were talking about, in Ungar's class today, we were talking about... Like, if I were to punch you in the face right now, there's someone across the other side of the globe giving someone a hug? Not even like that. Okay. Or, or, or maybe like that. Yeah, yeah, like there's just all or this ma- equal... Yeah, because we talked, in, uh, in Ungar's class, we were talking about dialectical montage and how mm. it goes how thesis A and then uh, antithesis A minus or something and then B... What class thesis, is this? This is Documentary Matters. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like A, antithesis, A minus, or A thesis. Explain this to me. It's, I, I can't explain it well. You have to go to, you know. But basically he said uh, there was this essay that this filmmaker wrote and Sergi Einstein, the director of, you know, Battleship. Battleship Potemkin and, and Strike. And, yeah, yeah, all those classics. Right. Supposedly he went about creating montage and uh, meaning between two images or more than one image by right. this process of you... Uh, like oh, like Soviet idea. montage theory. Yeah, like yeah, an yeah. idea and then against idea so, and then idea. So he was able to – yeah, he t- Like he a really, teeter-totter. Yeah, Sergei Eisenstein, he, he discovered the power of filmmaking because what he would do was 
shoot a person with a completely blank expression. Yeah. And, he, and then he would, he would cut into it next to it. So he'd show this person in a film strip. And then he would cut to a crying baby. Yeah. And he would say, what do you get out of this? And someone would say, I think that guy's a dad and he's sad that his kid's crying. And then he would take that same shot of the person and then just put next to it in montage a piece of cake. And they'd say, what is this going on? This person well, is hungry. You know, is and that, it, that's, yeah. That is, so is whatever Sergi, came after, he was able to tell a story that way. Is he after or before the Kuleshov effect? Is Kuleshov, because uh, he did the same thing, didn't oh, he? Oh, yeah, maybe I'm getting this mistaken. Yeah, Kuleshov. Oh, is yeah, it Kuleshov? Yeah, 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 it's Kuleshov. Yeah, but, yeah, but anyways, you're any, right, no, yeah, it's still, yeah, that's right, still yeah, though. Yeah. And I don't know, bro. Arrival, that scene I was talking about with the long, transparent wall and then yeah. the human and the alien, the alien just looking over, that one image... Bro, if there was yeah. better images than that in the movie, and they used that for the poster, but they couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't. Because the, the poster is bad. But I want that. In, I want that still it's in my room. It's, it's, That's art, bro. Yeah. And honestly, sometimes, remember we were talking about. Uh, remember our journalism class, and there was this. Uh, we were there was this kind of this 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 group gave a discussion about, or this kid in a group gave a discussion about whether or not uh, words or images were more influential. Yes. Remember that? Uh, no. What, what it was, was the topic? I don't, it was terrorism. You know, oh, we're talking yeah. about movies? Or? No, you were just talking about like a picture of a, war guy, a soldier holding a dead baby or the, a description of that. Uh, obviously, the image is more powerful. Yeah. yeah. But there's there's times where that can But there's switch. times when you can't communicate a certain thing without words, where words become a, a more, a, you know, a but better way. Of, but sometimes, I don't know, bro, but sometimes... Maybe, maybe images are more influential is to... to I hate to see like unseasoned, but just to if I don't know anything about a subject and you show me a picture, yeah. like if you say, "What do you think about Syria?" I'd be like, "I don't know." Here's a picture. Look at all these refugees. I'd be like, "Oh shit, that's horrible." You know, whereas if I maybe I'd read something more about it, have a more nuanced opinion. Yeah, and oh, yeah. it's almost like I don't know because I, I really believe that the image is the most powerful medium. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, it was it, it was be. definitely it was the first form of art. Yeah. You know, I people mean, were painting drawings, before they were writing. Painting is cave drawings. I, 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 yeah. It's the first form of art. Yeah. Hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics, man. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's I don't know. It's deep, but yeah, it, there's so many iconic images in this in this movie. The, the other one that I remember, uh, she was, Amy Adams' character was behind the glass transparent wall. And, you know, that long rectangular wall, and there's an alien on her right. Alien on the left, Abbott and Costello, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, which was kind of cool. That's I like that. fun. Yeah. And she was in the middle, and the circular language was right encircling her head. Yeah. And I was like, dang. Cool. It's like a religious. I was like, bro, that's, who, who's the cinematographer? Yeah. The cinematographer, I think, was. Um, he did some work on this one. Damn. The guy that did the last one was uh, the guy who works for the Coen brothers all the time. Gordon Willis, not Gordon Willis. Wow. Sorry, that's the guy from The Godfather. Um, I gotta I'll think of it. learn more about cinematography. Yeah. He, he, uh, he did. He uh, did all the stuff for the Coens, and he did Skyfall, and he did Miller's Crossing, and all sorts yeah, of okay. movies. He's great, but okay. um, but yeah, man, cinematography was fantastic. I have to look up who did it, but Denny Villeneuve just kicks ass. He's always doing something cool. He's just he's just great, man. Um, I love the movie. Did he write this? I don't. Maybe he, when he came on board, he might have done a rewrite. Okay, because the writing think, is great too. We yeah. Got, yeah. I mean, I guess just from a story perspective, just I, I out of the box. I was engrossed the whole time. Whole time? I wasn't uh, bored. You know, I really like, yeah. I love procedural movies. Procedural? What do you like mean? where smart people do what they do. This is a yeah. movie about linguistics working and how they work. Yes. You know, All the President's Men is a movie about how journalists do their thing. 
NCIS yeah. or CSI is a procedural show about cops. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you get to see the process of something getting done. Yeah, there's almost you know like a in a like a, not to get too deep, uh, intellectual, but you know in a nineteenth uh, century Russian novel like a Crime and Punishment where the art comes out in describing the yeah. art. Like it's more, it's almost as entertaining as reading the content or reading the story as it is of describing. Like we were the talking character. about last week on like a heist movie. Yeah. All the enjoyment is out of the yeah, exposition. Like, you know, yeah. Here's what we're gonna do next. This, this, this. And yeah. That. I'm gonna be here. You're gonna be here. You're gonna do this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Also, along with the writing, I got. I think I really love the sound. Oh my how god! The, the soundtrack was phenomenal. No, no, no. Not the soundtrack, but the approach, the sound design. Yeah, it was. The dope. soundtrack was dope too. But there was a scene. There was a scene where Amy Adams is getting on the helicopter and they're trying to talk to her. And then she puts on the headphones, a headset, and then she hears, and I was like, I love that scene. That was so subtle. When they came to get her at night, there was such a sense of like urgency and mystery of like, yeah, five minutes to get your shit together and get this helicopter, you know, and those, and those foreign scary lights coming into her home, you know, it it was, it was, it was dope. But, um, yeah, that. Like, uh, I thought Forrest Whitaker was awesome because he was just he, so he, matter-of-fact. He's been in a lot of movies. He was. He's been well, doing it. He, he was much better in this than he was in Star Wars. With his voice? Were you talking like He this? was utilized. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't understand what the hell that was because he was so cool in this where he was just like, tell me right now, do you want this or not? Yeah. Okay, I'm out of here. You know. and, and I think this is how people would react, though. If aliens came down and invaded Earth today, people would do the same thing. Of it's course. Real. People would. Yeah, you, yeah. Let's destroy it. Let's kill it. Because why take the? I mean, even Stephen Hawking has said something to the effect of like, if aliens came to visit Earth, it would be very similar to Earthlings would kill it. Columbus came to America. Yeah, killed off the Indians, bro. Yeah, they and those are humans, and you know, or they just say, "Look, uh, we're gonna take this part," you know, right? For some reason, a difference is just associated with fear. Like you're afraid of something you well, don't it just understand. Just seems like the history of any organism surviving is like the death of another one. It's just, it's just, yeah. You know, it's like think about us. In the planet, we say get out, move out, grass and yeah. moss and rocks, try to build a building. You know exactly. Any, any, exactly. It's, you know Darwinian. Um, and you know, speaking of that, it's it's almost as if you know it makes sense if it happens. Global warming, uh, volcanoes, our in, our um, the fossil fuels, all our uh, influence on the world, how we're hurting it. Sure. Even if we were the perfect humans, even if we did everything we could to cultivate a better Earth, we would still eventually, eventually, inevitably become extinct. Yes. We would. 99% yeah, yeah. of every species on this Earth, gone. Right. We're going to be gone here in a minute. <laughs> I hope not. I mean, I'm going to make my films, you know. I'm going yeah, to get yeah. my Palm Dior real quick. But <laughs> Get that shit in the Hubble. Telescope, get that in. Or what did they send out? What was that? Uh, what? In the 80s, they sent out the satellite with all They're the music. They're still doing that, right? And yeah, it's yeah. still traveling. It's like past Pluto now, but they yeah. put in music and like a bunch of Earth culture. If aliens ever found it, they would. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, I think dang. Carl Sagan was in charge of deciding what they would put in there. They put Chuck Berry and Record in there and a bunch of other shit to like. Yeah, aliens. Yeah, I guess aliens. Just in case aliens but do you figure think- out how to play a record. But Do you think aliens exist? Since uh, we're on I the think, topic. I think it's, you know, I, I'm no. You know, scientist or expert on this. I have a friend who's very interested, and I've heard you can't be an expert on something. No, I can't. There's just a bandwidth problem in the human brain. I can't know everything. I don't. Hopefully, don't ever pretend to. You don't want to. No, I don't. Yeah, and um, as I understand it, it's just there's such a large amount of planets and galaxies that we, at this point, with our knowledge now, anticipate to exist. 
and know to be out there that it would be like almost a statistical impossibility for there not to be aliens of some sort. So even yeah. if it would just be like a planet of giraffes or something, of the yeah. like, you know what I mean? Or just not even not even human speaking communicable yeah, something organisms. I'm, just not, I'm not talking about like living. I'm not talking about like just algae or something. I'm talking about there's got to be something out there that's like a living organism that eats, you know, or um, yeah, because the conditions for the creation of Earth, while they're rare, super I mean, rare. super rare that we could have a. But, you know, the other thing, too, is for a, a world as lush as ours, but, of course, over millions and millions of years, something will probably develop to live on Mercury. Yeah. You know, it'll – I mean, we there's a very little small window in what humans can survive in. Yeah. Even on our Super own planet. Soon. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. But we keep adapting and keep getting better and better to survive to what could possibly be, you know, a harsh, horrible environment to anything else. Yeah. Now we're out here doing like a 1970s, you know, pass the blunt conversation out here. Like, oh, bro. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, ain't nothing wrong with plus, pass the blunt conversation because, look, uh, imagine if we, us looking at that half spherical spaceship, the aliens are like, what are you talking about? This is how we do. Yeah. And imagine if I were to take my iPhone to somebody in the 16th century. Oh, don't they'd you be like, like, hang him. Yeah. <laughs> I know, they're probably yeah, not I would a year, just, just turn your ringtone on and scare him away. Yeah, bro, they would have been like, he's a he's a witch. They'd be like, what the hell? Yeah, exactly. I love thinking about those situations where if you had brought back a phone. It's a wrap. Yeah. It's a wrap. They're going to be like, no, 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 let me explain it to you. You don't even know how to. Even Steve Jobs couldn't explain it to him. No. So. No, no one could. No, nobody could. You could just, you know, I think that you would be able to just lie and say, I'm a god. Yeah, you could. Damn. Wow. You're um, like, hang me? Check this out and just play music on your iPhone. <laughs> play oh my god! You know they'd freak play out. Jimi Hendrix or something. Yeah, yeah. Play uh, what's that new song there? Something I'm I'm bougie. Oh, right? bad and bougie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah They'd be yeah, like, yo, yo I chill. Heard no, I heard just... that this. I heard that this weekend. I was you like, like that song? I don't know. It was all right. Yeah. Yeah. They should have. Why don't they do that for the aliens in uh, Arrival? I would have played bad and bougie for them. Really? Then everyone was just like, like yeah, they would have yeah, been getting it. They'd have been getting it. No, um, that's like the biggest song now. I heard it. Someone was like, you haven't heard this song? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, they play this song everywhere I go. I go. I went into Spoko. When I spoke, I went to the Brothers the other day. They played it two times, two and a half times in a row. They played it once. They played it twice, and then they played it and then stopped it and then played something else. Do you know a whole lot about rap music and stuff? Yeah, of course, do bro. You, I'm you? a rap historian. Are you okay? No, I listen to Bad Bougie. I was like, this is all right. This is fun. It didn't seem like it was. Everyone's talking about like it's just like so well, amazing. Well, Donald Glover's like this is the best song I've ever heard. I'm like this kind of sounds the same shit. I've well, heard you know before. what? Dang, we're you know now I, we're off the rails. We don't, we don't, you know, we don't care. Yeah, we're, but we're, you know what? When you look at, uh, think about commercialism, like the top, top most notable artistic figures in any medium: cinema, painting, okay. music, yeah, dancing. It's a lot of it's BS, or it's. Most of the time, it's kind of whack. Yeah, or it fades away. Or it fades away, and with any, with any medium, any genre, any, any anything, it's always ninety percent is trash, ten percent is good. Right? Yeah, because anybody, a lot of people can do it. But if a lot of people try to crap on rap, and I'm just saying, there's a lot out there you're not listening to. You're just turning on BET or MTV and just, oh, this is rap music. All right. right if right. someone went to just what Carmike Cinema in Des Moines, my my movie theater, and just like an alien. If the aliens from Rival went to see a film, and they went and, saw, and they just saw like what? Uh, oh, jeez, I don't even know what's out. I don't a Ryan Gosling movie. No, uh, what is out? Let's see. Like, what oh yeah, what out? would it if an alien came to the theater? Saw first get introduced. Trucks. Monster trucks That's a movie. I don't know uh, um, if they saw Triple X. Triple X. Tri- Return of Xander. <laughs> 
return of Xander Cage. Like, where'd he like, go? Ooh, Nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're back. Thank you. Oh, good. Xander Cage, Cage, everybody. Yeah, thanks. He's cool. back. And he's old. Yeah. He's like 40. He looks the same. Yeah. What I mean, else? He looks exactly. That's oh. the thing nowadays. Nobody fucking ages. No. They do, but they don't. Nobody. Nobody ages. Bro, people age. I know, but it what just seems mean? like so many people nowadays just I know, do but what not do you age. Mean, though? I see more and more celebrities who look the same over the, like a 30-year period. Low-key Meryl Streep. Yeah. She's looked about 50 years fifty years old for a good 40 you know years. Was, you know who Tucker Carlson is? What's he from? He's a news anchor. He's been on CNN. He's been on MSNBC. He's on Fox News now. Mm. If you saw him, maybe you'd know. But like we watched a video that happened to have him in it in class when we were talking about news in Berkowitz's class. And it was like from 15 years ago. And the guy looked exactly the same. I was like, Whoa. Jesus Christ, these people must be making a deal with somebody. Yeah, like, you, you heard, heard of um, celebrities. You heard of Pharrell? For, yeah, the hat. Yeah, yeah. You, you've seen pictures of him from the 90s and pictures of him yesterday. He looks exactly he's the same. He's from the 90s? Yo, he's like 40. Or dude, Anthony Mackie? Anthony Mackie. That guy looks like he's a goddamn 20 years old and he's been doing movies since forever. He's in he's Falcon he? and Captain America. Oh, uh, yeah. He doesn't age either. He's 40? Yeah, he's like, he, he, he's been in he movies in the 90s, dude. I think he was in like New Jack City. Oh yeah, or something. he was in A Mile. Yeah, and he was in shit before that too. Damn. Oh, is that my Tinder match? Oh no, Let's that's Wells Fargo. Need a oh. resolution? Stick with ER fifteen. It's not too late. Shut up. Thanks Wells Fargo. Thanks Wells Fargo for trying to hit me up, yo. If the aliens saw my bank account right now, they'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> like dang it. <laughs> oh snap! But what else? Is there anything else we're missing? I, I you think know, we got it. Yeah, I think so. We, it was a good episode. We kind of wrapped it up on our own this time. I think we time. did, too. Yeah, Usually, that was we, we're super abrupt. Yeah. I know. I think that was a... Hopefully, uh, people, if they like the show, they'll care about us talking about regular stuff, too. Yeah. Who knows? I'm going to finish out this beer, though, y'all. Yeah. Hopefully, Just we'll have cultural a, purposes. a few more... Hopefully, we'll have a few more... We'll have some guests in the future. Maybe we'll talk about some oh, movies that yeah, aren't yeah. so mainstream. We might do some episodes. One of my favorite podcasts, The Hollywood Saloon. All their episodes were – they did review episodes, but mostly what they did was like specials. They would do a whole episode on a, one specific director. they talk about all his films. We could do that. I would love to do something like that. We could do that. Probably more re- recent, but we can do that. Yeah. But that would be ambitious. We'd have to watch all their- – We would. But you know what was so great about these episodes is they're so infinitely re-listenable um, because it's almost like a little class. It's like a little, it's but like, we don't want to get in the three like, hour yeah, but, hardcore no, history. Don't. These guys, they they have a podcast that doesn't date itself because it's not like this week we're reviewing Transformers Four, and it's like no one will ever listen to that again, right? But these wow. guys have they have a, it's like a lecture from two really good professors. All right, well they need to hit us up because that was just a nice little press release <sighs> yeah, for them. Do you know what? Too bad. Pay us, pay dude, up, dude. They ended their podcast like three, four years ago. Dang! But I still listen to the episodes, and they're horribly dated. What do you mean? Like, they'll be like, Spike Lee's new movie, Inside yeah, Man. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, no. <laughs> you know. Yeah, bro. Yeah. My God, that came out a minute ago. 2006. Yeah. More than He's two. made like five, seven movies since then. 2000. I think we should do a Spike Lee episode. Just all Spike Lee? I've seen every like film he's made. I haven't seen, I haven't seen like the first three. But, but, the, but then again, stuff. a lot of his A lot of stuff you don't trash. want to watch, but then it's interesting. No, I've seen it, but it's trash. Like Red Hook Summer. Red Hook Summer, Miracle at St. Anna, I didn't like. Uh, The Blood of Jesus, I didn't like. All of his documentaries, though. Solid. We're watching one of them in Ungars. What are you going to watch in that class? Uh, Just Spike Lee. Yeah, in documentary class. Um, We're going to watch The Grizzly Man. 
Oh, the Werner Herzog movie? Yeah, we're going to okay. watch uh, Four Little Girls. Three little, three or Four Little Girls from Spike Lee. Okay. That's classic. Oh, okay. I heard that was really good. Um, we're going to watch... That's all I remember. But we're going to watch some dope-ish. Okay. okay. We, so far, we've been... One of my favorite documentaries ever is called The King of Kong. And I would dare to say that it's probably the first of this new wave of... You know how everyone's watching documentaries now? Yeah. This is probably the first of that wave. It's recent. Um, yeah, it's recent. It's it, it's uh everybody is making documentaries. Everyone's making them, everyone's watching them. Yeah. Everyone's watching documentaries now. Documentaries are huge. And I think probably the best documentaries I saw this year, none of them were nominated for the Oscar. Wait, wait, hold up. Is it like people's illusion of trying to stay educated? like I don't I suppose, equ- equation yeah. of reading a book. Like they think that they're learning something. Yeah, cuz you might be, you but might, but I mean also you just you end up glimpse. learning someone's opinion on something. Yeah. But I liked uh, Zero Hour, the Alex Gibney movie. I've liked his movies. He did, uh, Alex Gibney did uh, uh, another great movie about Scientology. What's that called? Based off Lawrence Wright's book, Scientology, The Prison of Belief. I can't remember what he called it, but it's a I think one. I've seen that. That was, it, yeah. it did a whole little spiel on Tom Cruise. and yeah, It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. That was good. He did that. He, Zero Hour is about the Stuxnet virus that wow. Israel and America Wait, created. Wait, hold up. I'm going to let you finish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kanye, hey, hold up. I'm going to let you finish. But <laughs> Oh, thank you, Kanye. <laughs> no. Um, yo, we need to do a movie... A whole not a movie, a whole episode about what's his name who directed that great Scientology movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Anderson? We could do a I Paul Thomas Anderson a episode. Paul Thomas Anderson. I've seen all his movies. I, I've only seen that and uh, oh. Death Kid. What's the, the uh, Oh, there will be blood. There will be blood. Okay, and then I saw Magnolia. You haven't seen Boogie Nights. No. Or Heart Eight. No. Or Inherent Vice. No. Okay, Inherent Vice is a challenging. Movie. Oh, that's a Tom. Uh, Pension, yeah, 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 but I'll tell you what, Boogie Nights, you're in for a treat. That's one of my favorite movies. Is of all that time. John Travolta? No, it's got oh. Burt Reynolds and it's got uh, Mark Wahlberg, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, it's fantastic. He's John C. Riley. Okay, but what's Boogie, the name? I'll tell you what, Boogie Nights. I promise you, will be one of your new favorite movies. When Boogie I saw Nights. it, I saw it when I was I don't know, thirteen. Blew my what was the other one you said? Heartache. Hard Eight. Hard first eight. one. Yeah, and that's just. It's good. It's a good thriller. It's so good Boogie Nights. Drama. I, lo- I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's Me one too. of my favorite actors. No, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. But Paul Thomas Anderson is the dope. Punch Drunk Love. You seen that one? Yeah. Sam, okay. That was Adam Sandler's best I would, role. I would love nothing How more. He, he made, he's, I know. He made Adam Sandler a good actor. Yeah. That's that's a feat. But uh, what's up with the Raining Frogs? Magnolia is probably one of my what's going on? least favorite. I don't know uh, what's going on. It's supposed to be like a... It's like I love intervention the first from half. God. Me too. And it and feels like it gets, it's, it feels like it's building to something, and, and then, then it, it just gets, and then it rains, folks. Right. But like, I would love to do an episode on him. We can do him, bro. I would love to do an extensively researched one if we plan that for like a few episodes out, and I had some time to look into it. Yeah. Rewatch his movies, read some, read up on well, him. Well, I guess should we should we end this? Because <laughs> I suppose we should. Everyone's probably just like turning it off like, by now. I'd imagine. Bro, yo, well, guys, this has been our fifth episode. I hope you enjoy yeah. our brief little appraisal of Arrival. Yeah, man, it's been a it was a great movie, man. If you haven't seen it, then you really just ruined your life by listening to this. <laughs> but uh, if you have, you know what we're talking about. So we'll see y'all next week.